Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DestroProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joining today, we have Birdie. Uh, and Nico. Uh, <laughs> I was trying for tired. Nico wants to be Tim Allen, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also tired, but I think I'm getting some sort of a second wind here. You're tired and a bit more confused. <laughs> That's right. Fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do Tim Allen noises for the entire show. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I actually got really scared for a second because I have a guy on here. His last name is Allen. His first name starts with T. So I yes. over there for a second. I was like, oh God, I have Tim Allen on Discord. What the hell? <laughs> that would be distracting. Yes, it would. Just every once in a while, I just got a call from him saying, just like playing the tool time t- intro. Yeah. Like he, he his he really let himself go after he lost his uh, TV show, so now he just appears on podcasts randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Not even once he's invited on to, he just appears. <laughs> he's, the, he's the podcasting ghost. <laughs> Adam Carolla had him on once, and he never left. <laughs> was it The Simpsons where it's like things like, "Oh, I ran over Wilson." <laughs> What are you fucking right over? Was it was that Simpsons where they showed that, or was that Family Guy? It was one of those fucking cartoons. Either either way, it it fits. <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway, we're gonna talk about comic books and stuff. Uh, none of us are reading Secret Empire, so no. Did, did any of us care to read it? I read the first issue. I've heard mixed reviews so far but i find that's usually the case with most events but yeah no interest really yeah like i said this like i said this when i read that first issue was like this is just a shittier version of what they did in that last half of fucking ages of shield Mm. and ages of shield was fucking great i don't want to read a shitty version of something that was great when i could just watch something that was great well, I'll quickly just say, since we aren't talking about that current event, um, that I, with like most events, I'll usually just stick with the books that I normally read, one that which I'll be talking about in a bit. But uh, Deadpool, the newest issue of Deadpool, that was a secret uh, uh, Empire uh, um, tie-in, and the Doctor Strange one, both very good, actually. I really enjoyed both of them. What you're saying uh, is you're going to read all of the Venom book, the no. Venom books. <laughs> no. Uh, no. All of the what books? Venom verse books starring Gwenpool. Oh, no, 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 no. I said Deadpool, Deadpool. <laughs> I'm not reading Gwenpool. Yeah, who the fuck would? Who the fuck would read that garbage idea of a character? <laughs> Um, but no, but yeah, no, they're good. I like the tie-in. I like these tie-in books. Um, now Gwenampool, that right there is a fucking million dollar idea. <laughs> In the Deadpool book, he essentially killed, uh, uh, Coulson. I had to do uh, that. I forgot. I, which I, was actually, 
Yeah, it was actually quite a good issue because it played on the fact because Terry Duggan's been writing this fucking book forever now. Um, they had previously talked about uh, within books like that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. book and and Deadpool about how much Coulson loves Captain America. And when Captain America asked Deadpool to join the, the, the Uncanny Avengers, that that's Unity Squad that he tried to put together. You um, went through in the Deadpool book how much he respects Captain America and they had a little thing. So the fact that Captain America came to Deadpool and said, hey, listen, I need you to do a job. You know what you were signed up to do originally in Wolverine's place as part of that squad. Uh, you're the only person I can come to with this. So, and he's like, you know, he's like, fuck it. I mean, this is Captain America. Like, when is Captain America ever wrong? So he didn't hesitate whatsoever. He ended up tracking down Coulson and, kill and killing him in this issue. So it was, it was quite good in that sense. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, this series, so. Okay, then. Yeah, I, I and and the Doctor Strange tie-in was good too. New Dennis Hopeless was back uh, is now the new writer on the book. Even though the last issue, Jason Aaron's, just came out today, they 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 shipped ahead the twenty-first issue for the tie-in, so the twentieth last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is always a classic move when they do that. Um, but uh, the nice thing about that was a, a great new artist was on it. The guy who worked with Brian K. Vaughn in the book years ago, uh, last time I saw him, that. Pride of Baghdad book that he that oh did, uh, oh shit Nico Henrichron I, I don't I think that's how you say his last name. Anyways, I haven't seen much comic work from this guy. His art looked great in this, and uh, Dennis Hopeless just leaving Spider Woman. Guess who shows up in this in this tie-in issue? Spider Woman and Ben uh, Yurik. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was good. What? No, it Roger. Was, uh, no, he wasn't in it for whatever reason. But Spider Woman was in it. You had Hopeless writing her again. Um, you know, they're helping out uh, Dr. Strange, like, um, with something that's going on during this event. And, and at the end of the issue, uh, Kingpin makes an appearance. So I'm actually having a lot of fun with that one, too. I like being removed now from the event. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> if, you know, like, these these tie-ins, actually, I've been pretty, I've enjoyed the tie-ins for these events in the books. I, I think if you have a good writer who is a little... Uh, um, uh, far a little bit removed from the main event you can have some fun with the tie-ins in the sense where that's usually how tie-ins go it's always just like yeah. Yeah, yeah the main book is shit but hey the writer actually did something interesting with the premise right yeah yeah exactly because but a lot of times in the past i've been down on the tie-ins i'm like i don't fucking need to read those like that seems stupid but but now i'll just keep with the ones of the, the series i'll normally read and enjoy so I find that uh, sometimes you get like a little glimpse into what the event and what's going on, but not to the not not to the extent where you're you're gonna walk away pissed off. I mean, but sometimes these the the events it actually ruins series as we've talked about on the show as well. So, so which one of those things happens in Sam Wilson? <laughs> All right, jumping right into it. Um, yeah, Sam Wilson uh, issue twenty two is actually the last issue of Sam Wilson. I'm. <laughs> Well, that's um, my question. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Well, yes and no. I I, I previously stopped ordering this, um, but when you pre-order at a shop, you usually got to order two months in advance. So this was the last issue of the uh, issues that I had already pre-ordered because I stopped pre-ordering this this book in particular when it was going into Secret Empire because of the fact that Nick Spencer is writing that event and he writes this book. So I didn't really want to read anymore of this i was very much captain america and out at this point like i read the start of his series i know there again we've talked about it before with all the 
this fucking bullshit like uh, controversy and the way that he reacted to these trolls and making himself even look worse as a result during this event. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, kind of made him look so bad that Marvel themselves were like, yeah. right. <laughs> and you know, we've talked about it on the show, so I don't really have much else to say on that. But I, I liked this Sam Wilson book when it started out. It was a little bit wacky. I remember I was talking about the fact like with the whole werewolf cap thing coming back and he was kind of doing like a throwback older cat type series. Like, oh, yeah, totally. Bookie. Um, but a Nick then, Spencer book a little wacky. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. If you say you say that now. Like a couple couple week, a couple years ago, a couple months ago, or whatever, that would have been like, yeah, that's totally right. But then you get into fucking Nick Spencer now when it's just. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the guy. I have, books, I have like, a friend of mine. Clothes. I have a friend of mine. Yeah, James. You might have seen him on a couple podcasts around here and there. He actively hates Nick Spencer because of the Captain America shit. Right. Like, like every week, I every week when when like Nick Spencer, he will say something or he will release a new book, and I'll just get a text from him saying, "Hey, so now fucking Nick Spencer's doing this bullshit." I mean, it's a shame because I've like we, we've both talked about like I've liked some of this work that Nick Spencer has done, and I think he's always received a bad rap for certain things. And even when he did that Captain America move, I didn't understand what the big outrage was about because again, this is comics; it, the status quo would change. But then the comics, but then even I dropped that Captain America book, and I, I was fine with him. That was his right to choose to do that storyline, whatever. I don't, I didn't care as much as everybody else did. I thought they were overreacting a bit at first, but then the books just got really real. And it, even like the Sam Wilson book, like, and it started dealing with a lot of actual issues that are going on today where I don't enjoy the things that are going on. So why would I want to read a comics about it? Yeah. The you last I mean? thing that I read of that Sam Wilson book, it was the, the issue. Yeah. It was the issue where, um, yeah. where like, I think fury was the guy's name, the, like the 10 year old who is just fucking roided out. Oh, that 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 guy used to be an ex Avenger, or yeah, he, him. Like he's, he, yeah, he's like wearing the Luchador mask. Yeah, is is, um, it, is it Fury? No, it's not Fury. Rage, it's, uh, rage, 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 rage. Okay, yeah, same emotion. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like he, yeah, he stopped like a fucking robbery or whatever, and the Americop shot him. Is like, hey, you're under arrest, and I was just like, well, done with this. Yeah, I think I'm I actually, I and then he went to prison. Yeah, I actually, I think I, I dropped off around the same time because and then he went to prison and then it was the whole, like him talking and making comments on like, you know, like race type stuff where I'm like, is Nick Spencer really the writer that should be writing about this? You know what I mean? Like, and it's not even like, again, like, that's fine. I'm sure, but it's. It's just, I mean, he means well by it, but it just didn't, I don't know, it, it just didn't sit right with me. A lot of the things that he was, he was choosing to discuss in these books. And I just, I just, I just like, you know what? I don't, I've already seen it on the news. I got to deal with, you got to hear about these things every day. I don't need to read comics about it. It also feels like that's, that's kind of totally dissonant with the stuff people like about Nick Spencer. Absolutely. Like, I, I wouldn't want to read a book featuring police gunning down people on in the streets for no apparent for really flimsy reasons in the same series where a guy who flies around in a wingsuit got turned into a werewolf right well that's what i mean it was it was one thing and then it became something completely uh different down yeah, the road and if you want to talk about stuff like that sure that's fine but usually 
particularly in like mainstream comics, we don't want just like a straight dose of reality. We it's like either do it in like absurd parody or yeah, obfuscated a bit. Yeah, like Prez or something like that. Yeah, like, like Prez, for example. Yeah. Uh, it would be or, a better president than my current one. Yeah, but. or you do that, um, <laughs> or like a that Kamala Khan, the Ms. Marvel issue, where right. it essentially just turned to a PSA, right. but it was like right. tongue in cheek about it. It, it right. like it like knew what it was doing was super Good absurd example. and super fucking like straight right. deliberate, but they were doing it like a fucking nineteen fifties PSA, where like some dude walks into a fucking like malt shop and was like, "Hey, Billy, what seems to be the problem?" And that was a great issue because uh, by the end of it, it was like, "Yeah, you know what, like." We even though it came out after the actual election that won about voting, <laughs> they didn't actually show it even from one perspective. They even acknowledged like people aren't perfect, but hey, maybe you should do this because this is this seems like a better thing to do. Let's you know, let's be better as a like you know what I mean, like a, as a as a country or community or whatever like that that she was she was speaking of in that in that in that issue. Um, I I just. I, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not against people writing like of the time stuff. It's just like I don't want. I just like you said, like Birdie mentioned. Like, I didn't sign up for that originally with this book, and I get it. Captain America has always been a book, somewhat that people have have taken political so, views in. in the so past, what you're saying but... is you you didn't ask for this. <laughs> no, no, not necessarily. Yeah, I didn't ask for this. And some of it was good. Some it wasn't all bad. Like I continued reading it up to like this is issue twenty two that just came out. I read twenty issues of the series before I said, you know what, that's enough. I just had my fill. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was, it was, it was. There was some good stuff, um, but I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna look back on this whole Nick Spencer Captain America era. Maybe like a lot of other people and say, and like you know, be like that was the worst thing ever. But you know, there's been some bad choices made and. I, I definitely look at him a little differently now as uh, as a result, uh, unfortunately, just because I don't think he's reacted well to all this, uh, all the stuff that's happened uh, yeah. to him. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, basically in this issue, just very quickly. Yeah. Sam Wilson, he ran away from his, uh, his post as Captain America. He pretty much was like, I've had enough of all this, all the shit that's happened after the whole rage incident, uh, about him going to prison and taking the rap for something that he was not responsible for. And I believe he gets, he dies. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember what happens at the end of it, but it was, it was really fucking shitty. And that's when about the time I think I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this series. And, and, uh, and yeah, now he's just basically on the road trying to run away from his, his problems like trying to run away from his responsibilities and the fact that he is supposed to be representing captain america but he can't deal with everything that's going on so he's just running away and uh misty knight ends up tracking him down with um the other dude uh what's his name uh you remember the guy who was like they did that pro wrestling issue that was actually really good um that reject superhero that just was hanging out with Sam Wilson, almost like a Roger in that sense, like to him. Um, uh, Falcon, the new Falcon. No, not the new not Falcon. The new there, Falcon. There's a different guy. He, um, he was like, he was actually like hanging out in like his, this, this before the new Falcon. Yeah. I'll find out. Um, D man. Yeah. Uh, D man. Well, there's a name uh, for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, That's what I call myself. when I pretend to be street. <laughs> that's right that that is his name isn't it i think it's d-man uh it is it is d-man but it's shortened for demolition man right 
So, yeah, so they both track him down, and then they basically said, you know, what are you trying to do? Run away from your responsibilities. You have to step up now. We need you more than ever. And then they, they there's just a public outcry of people that are basically calling for him to help out as well. And then at the end of the issue, uh, Tony Stark, Ant-Man, and Mockingbird show up. And I'm not sure because I'm not reading Secret Empire, but how, how the fuck is this? Is Tony Stark standing here with them right now? I thought. Don't he was worry about an, it. An AI. Yeah, I don't care. Don't again. So. Fucking worry about it. <laughs> it's been like four months. He's overdue to come back. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's Sam Wilson, uh, 22, the Secret Empire tie-in. And while it wasn't bad, like I said, I, I was already kind of over this book by the time this issue rolled out because I had dropped it. Um, but this out of the, help. yeah, I, it was okay. It was definitely the weakest out of the tie-ins that the three that I just mentioned um, for me. Uh, and the fact again that Nick Spencer is writing it, he's tying it directly into the event as opposed to the other ones that are basically just dealing with the outskirts of like what, like what basically what is happening in their cities or whatever as a result of all this, right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, if I like I said, if I had to say the Sam Wilson series has been much better, had a lot better uh, issues for me personally than the startup of the Captain America main series did, I dropped that very quickly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, whether you're not, you're a fan of the Nick Spencer stuff, uh, you know, that's up to you, but there is some good work to be found. I will defend within some of this stuff that he's done. Just, it, it's not all great and it's not all for everyone. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right then birdie. Well, I guess, uh, Nico set me up perfectly to talk about another disappointing thing that I'm probably going to drop. Uh, so Hulk 6. Which one? Uh, Hulk 6. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, Hulk. <laughs> See, here's my thought process through the reading of this book. Announcement. Oh, that's really fucking stupid. Why would you do that? Initial reading. Actually, this is better than I expected. That's a decent setup for it. By the end, that's it. <laughs> right. <sighs> All right. So I almost feel stupid explaining the plot for this last one because it's literally exactly what you would expect from the premise of the series. Uh, she hulks out. So yeah, Jen hulks out and stops the person, is slightly feral. She has some bullshit, some bullshit line that I'm a different kind of monster now. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there then like a little editorial box that just says like, just like, like play crawling in my skin while reading this? No. Did you wish there would have been? Probably because it would have, it, it would have that or just an editorial box from someone saying, "I'm sorry." <laughs> Just Axel said we had to do this. I don't know. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So And then halfway through they just changed the editorial box to a different editor because the old one got fired. My initial rejection of this concept is that part of the reason I like She-Hulk is that she's not just another Hulk. So when I this concept was initially announced, it sounded like she, they were just gonna make her another Hulk. And to some extent that was true, but the writing setting up why she was different 
was good enough to propel me through a couple of issues. But as I kept reading, it became increasingly clear that one, this t- team was not going to be good at a Hulk centric action series. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like this artwork is <laughs> artwork's real simple, not particularly dynamic or like having a lot of energy behind it. Like if, if this was just about like somebody dealing with shit, it would work a lot better, but it's a Hulk book. Yeah. And if you didn't have Hulk at least smash something, then you almost get the Ang Lee Hulk, except possibly worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was hoping that in addition to finding an interesting way to talk about the reason Jen is now like a more normal Hulk, they would find something interesting to do with her alternate Hulk. But no, she's just a, she's just a female Hulk. That's it. Mm. So while the concept of how she became a less interesting Hulk is compelling, she's still a less interesting Hulk. And, and the Hulk himself has been getting progressively less interesting as time has gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it last time you had talked about the book. I just felt, I read, I think the first three issues of the series. I, I just felt that was the issue with it. Uh, personally, it was that there was like, uh, there was a lack thereof, like plot and an actual advancement in the storyline. Well, yeah, no, this, I think this writer was so convinced that her idea was so brilliant that she right. could, she could just string you along for six issues spread out over six months. That's, and that's kind of another issue. There's not enough content here right. <clears throat> for six issues in a monthly series. Well, well, so well here, yeah. You're going to be stuck with blue balls. Well, here's the thing, and, and I, the, the issue for that with her might be the fact that she's actually come, came from an indie uh, comics uh, side of things, like as opposed to like this was like some of her first superhero work. So maybe the fact that she's used to doing like actual graphic novels and presenting it in all one storyline or at least like collection as opposed to the monthly grind of a superhero comic, maybe the transition didn't really work over for her well, right? So because because that sounds like more essentially like giving the time you can tell a good story. But if there's not much going on month to month for most readers, they're going to be like, why the fuck do I, am I continuing to read this? Yeah, well, even by that same token... This feel this. I'm not even sure I want to blame her for this. This feels like it was written for a trade, mm. and I okay. hate that concept where you have to stretch a storyline out to five or six issues to constitute a storyline that is enough content that they could potentially sell it and not feel like they're ripping people off. Although it'll probably still be a rip off, but mm. uh, this this was three issues at most. Particularly, particularly given that almost an entire issue was devoted to showing that this creative team cannot film a Hulk fight. And <laughs> they also can't draw a Hulk. Like I'm looking at, I'm, I'm going through looking no, at Hulk and no, they she can't. looks like a fucking goblin. Yeah. Like, okay. So like in terms of color scheme, they were going for something more akin to like something in between green or gray Hulk. But the end result is that she's just feral Hulk, I guess more than anything else. And it's just not interesting. Yeah. Also, it, had, also like that at first fucking line, she says just goodbye, Jen. Hello, fear. That's like fucking, yeah, that's yeah. like fucking I'm Ray Palmer. Welcome to pain level of retarded. 
Yeah. I'm just... Yeah, I know you like the characters, so that is the uh, It's a social yeah, actually, 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 speaking of uh, Wonder Woman, Cora <laughs> and I were talking uh, a few months ago about if Marvel had an equivalent to Wonder Woman. For a while, I was, I was going to say the closest would have been She-Hulk because she's that rare, that combination of can punch you real good, but also mm-hmm. is intelligent and intellectual enough to have the philosophy arguments, the legal arguments, the arguments about human nature, that kind of thing. This kind of, it, despite trying to be more adult, throws a lot of the more interesting elements of her character out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Much like how Civil War Two did that to Carol Danvers, who was the other th- woman I thought might have been a contender right. for Marvel's sure. Wonder Woman. But no. They yeah, just had so to go just... and make her that. Oh, God. Civil War Two did so much more damage than Civil War One did. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have done as much damage as if it committed to its own ideas, but because it didn't commit, it feels worse. Because because mm-hmm. now she's walking around acting like nothing happened, and she just expects people to forgive her. And the books keep letting her, because people like Captain Marvel, even if the writers don't. Liked. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this... It, Interesting setup for what I thought was a dumb idea turned out to be incredibly disappointing. That's how I sum up this entire book. Okay. Yeah, that's too bad. Speaking of disappointing, Ghostbusters. <laughs> hey, I like Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> or are we not talking about that Ghostbusters? Yes and no. Okay. So Ghostbusters 101. It's part of the ongoing IDW Ghostbusters canon, I guess. Because that's a thing now. Right. Yeah. I've read a bunch of it, and it's been pretty good. Like, it hasn't been, like, anywhere near the level of the movies, and it's gotten, like, really convoluted when they started introducing extra-dimensional travel and the Ghostbusters multiverse. Because, again, that is a thing. And it's even more complicated than I like realized because I think I missed something or didn't read a book fully or just forgot it. Because apparently the Ghostbusters, like the Ghostbusters from that movie, their, their existence made other Ghostbusters. Like, in all of reality. Like, them existing is the reason that the real Ghostbusters exist. They're Ghostbusters Prime, essentially. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, them fighting Gozer and defeating and destroying Gozer, then, like, ejected into the multiverse the idea of ghostbusting. (sighs) Which is why... That all lady Ghostbusters team that got the internet really mad for some fucking reason. They're th- that's the reason they exist. <sighs> so they've actually that's... tied it into the current 
uh, yes. status quo. Interesting. That's really dumb. It really is. And it's really a shame <laughs> because the idea of this book, I think, is enough to carry the book itself. Right. The, the, the main idea with the book is that um, the Ghostbusters are not really making that much money anymore. Like, like they've been doing this for a while and ghosts have kind of largely been dealt with a lot and they have like other people doing other things. They're like having like, they have like contacts within the FBI and stuff like they're doing relatively well, but they're also just not making enough money in order to keep things like in order to keep them liquid, I guess. So then Venkman comes up with a brilliant idea of essentially having like a Ghostbusters day camp where you pay a certain amount of money to be able to bust a ghost yourself in a contained, safe environment. Which, that's not a terrible idea. Like, the, like the whole idea with this fucking Ghostbusters thing is taking this insane technology and this whole spiritualism side of things and making it as blue-collar as fucking possible. Mm. So, have, mm. so having it be like, hey, you pay like a couple hundred or like a thousand bucks or something and you get to be a Ghostbuster for a day. Like one of those weird like like summer rock camps. Like that's not a bad idea. And then they would also, um, and then like anybody that they thought had enough, like anybody they thought had like potential to be a Ghostbuster would then be like brought into like an actual for realsies Ghostbusters training camp in order to kind of expand Ghostbusters because the ghosts are happening in other cities other than New York and they are just kind of spread too thin. Like that (laughs) in and of itself, I don't think is a terrible idea for a Ghostbuster series. Mm -hmm. But then they go down to the extra dimensional doorway they have in front of the ghost containment unit. Okay. One of their interns who I believe is Janine's niece or something. They activate it, pop their head through, and then a ghost is like, oh, hey, that seems like a place I should go. Oh, he travels into... And then the worlds start merging, and somehow (laughs) the Chinese food restaurant that the new Ghostbusters work out of that isn't located anywhere near the firehouse, they both fuse into the same location. Yeah, because don't they... I mean, I've seen that new one. Uh, don't they visit that fucking firehouse in that movie? And then they can't. They end up it? in it by the end of the movie. Right, right, because they can't afford it uh, originally. Um, right. Okay, so they so they end up being beside each other, you're saying, when the worlds merge? The, the worlds or? merge, and so then the firehouse and their version of the firehouse or the Chinese restaurant they work out of, I'm not fucking sure. I not. I have not seen that movie. They both end up merging, and then suddenly it's like, hey, we're in this fucking place. Who are you, weird people dressed like Ghostbusters? We are Ghostbusters. That seems seems like a really lazy attempt to fucking merge the the property with the comic at this time. It does feel incredibly Uh, forced. Yeah. And it's especially so because the new Ghostbusters are kind of really boring. Like, they have... Uh, like. None of them have enough character or written with enough character to survive the transition from film to comics. Like for all, for all I know in those fucking movies, they had like all kinds of shit, but in this book, they all are really boring. Mm. Hmm. Like the, like the only one who like kind of survives the transition is that is the, I guess the Egon equivalent whose name escapes me. I know the actress's name, not the character of Kate McKinnon. Yeah, Kate McKinnon's oh, character is kind of yes. the only one who like survives the transition because when I saw those trailers, she's trying to be a cartoon character. 
Yeah, I mean, she had the only line I remember laughing at in the movie where they have a ghost possess a giant balloon version of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You know. And it's about to crush them. And she just says, I I always knew this was how I was going to die. Okay, Jillian Holtzman. That's her fucking name. Okay, I knew she had some specific name, but I could just remember Kate McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, like even there. I am amazed how much of that movie I blocked out except for the really stupid shit. And like even the fucking descriptions of these goddamn people. Oh, yeah, they're also called the answer of the call Ghostbusters. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, like Dr. Abby Yates, preeminent parapsychologist of her dimension. Dr. A- Dr. Aaron Gilbert, serious scientist, very uptight. Dr. Julian Holtzman, engineer, designer of the d- designer of this dimension's ghost equipment, loves to mess with high strung people. I don't even get to read the rest because it's so fucking boring. That's just, that's either posing or trying too hard. And then there's that. Is my cat really a joke from that movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a joke. That's an anti-joke. Yeah, no, they, that, I feel so bad for Chris Hemsworth. He was trying so hard in that role, but he was just, (laughs) he only had that, they had two jokes for him. Be so stupid that when you think something's too loud, you cover your eyes and make a pun. I need to go get my cat, which is a dog. Because he gave his dog a last name. Yes. Yeah, because it's not my cat. It's Mike Hat. Yes. Well, looks like it doesn't work in the comic either. <laughs> it does not at all. Oh God! None. What's this? What's this Ghostbusters comic called? Ghostbusters One Hundred One. Uh, huh. Yeah, it is a continuation of the currently ongoing Eric Burnham and Dan Schoening series. Right. Which I was was it on this show? Was it you that talked about like one? Of- actually enjoyable to some degree yeah like yeah, all the yeah. properties yeah i remember you saying that i yeah, i remember uh, yeah okay huh yeah i remember it's the same guy that's been writing them for a while right that's yeah, the same guy that's writing them for a while and like i said like this whole idea of like training a new generation of ghostbusters like having the fucking like ghost training camp or whatever that i think is interesting i think that itself could carry this whole series but then they had to go and bring in these other people who now you have to spend most of the fucking time looking at. And I find them really boring. And Kevin is. Kevin is a joke for all the wrong reasons he should be. Like Kevin was designed as a joke. But he comes all the way around to be like an anti joke. Mm. Right. And it's just sad. He is. He is one of the saddest characters I think I've ever read in a comic. It is amazing how shitty he is. <laughs> they try oh, one God. other joke with him because there is already a character in these Ghostbusters comics called Kevin. 
they they try to do a joke with him like, hey, I'm the other Kevin or whatever. It fell so flat. I kind of forgot the joke. Right. <laughs> there are so many other interesting things happening. Like, fuck, dude, there's a fuck. Ray is dating a ghost right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she yeah, uh yeah, Jenny Morin, who was part of a now defunct knockoff Ghostbusters group that used that used fake Chinese knockoff versions of the Ghostbusters tech in order to do in order like do the Ghostbusting stuff the same, but they actually destroyed ghosts. And then she fucking died, came back as a ghost, and now she just kind of hangs out in the firehouse dating Ray and running the training for the fucking kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But is is that is this the new main Ghostbusters like is this the main Bo- Ghostbusters title the fact that they're crossing over now or is this its own like separate series? There is no real main Ghostbusters tie-in. They're they're kind of like they're kind of like Lock and Key just where like they mini. just have they're kind of right, like Lock and Key right, where they right. just have like minis and then those are part of an ongoing story. Okay, or like Hellboy and stuff. Yeah, okay. So this is the newest like the newest series. Yeah, this is the newest in the this is the newest uh, in the timeline. Okay. Huh. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound too promising. The fact that they're crossing over with the new—I mean, I mean, essentially, it, it shouldn't. It, I mean, that yeah, it shouldn't. It, it, it doesn't work. This feels like a <laughs> like, mandate. This feels like a mandated book, right? Like, the, like, the, yeah. like, fucking uh, Eric Burnham fucking sat down and banged out this idea of like, all right, so Ghostbusters getting big, more shits happening. What do they need? They don't have enough people. How do they get more people? Blam, blam, bam. And it's like naturally progressing this world. And then somebody from Sony came out and was like, hey, you only have a Ghostbusters license. I'll put these people in it. But that, that, they don't fit. Do I look like I give a fuck? He says through a, he says through a haze of cocaine. It's like, dude, we lost so much fucking money. We need to get some of that shit back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't get writer's best work, too, when they're being forced to write. Yeah, and then fucking. Want, right? Yeah. And then Dan Aykroyd says something stupid, so the so the executive fucking run out and go, "Oh God, what have you said? What have we done?" Because <laughs> you just see that shit. No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, no. Dan, Dan Aykroyd was Dan Aykroyd was like fucking Paul Feig's never gonna be allowed in that goddamn lot again because of the uh, Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the one who and, was on board the whole time. Yeah, it wasn't. The, it was yeah, like, like, yeah. He, he said that, and then like the day late, and then like a day later, he was like, "Oh no, man, the, 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 Paul Feig's a great guy. He like fucking love that movie." <laughs> <laughs> He's like Bill Murray second. was the one that didn't want to do it. Oh, and I mean, from what I've heard, that fucking shows. Well, I mean, but then he showed up in the movie. He needs Which money. I, that was probably after he was allowed to sell. That was probably after he was allowed to sell his Crystal Skull vodka on screen. That's Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, no, that's oh, Dan okay, Aykroyd. sorry, wrong character. Yeah. Well, no, because Bill Murray, I mean, he's, he's friends with Melissa McCarthy. I guess they just did that movie prior to the Ghostbusters, so maybe that's why, like, he was kind of, because cause even him, like, because he showed up in the movie, too, did he not? Yeah, he showed up and got murdered. Yeah, yeah, but, like, that's what I mean, like, the fact that, like, because he was never the one that was on board. It was Dan Aykroyd, so the fact that now he's kind of, <laughs> he's making comments, too, is funny, but, um, yeah, it just. Yeah, and, and like for yeah. Bill, and like for Bill Murray, as a professional party crasher, you can't exactly make a living off that. So right. he needed to pay some bills. That's why I'm. That's why I'm assuming he got into that movie. That's right. He kind of just shows up to things. <laughs> the way Bill Murray, That's the way he works. 
<laughs> yeah, just it's like, all right, guys, we're on set, and what's Bill Murray doing here? Hey, yeah. guys, like, if you just like sit in, you know, have a part or whatever. And fucking fine. Here's your check. Just, just go. Well, that's that's the that's the uh, just every studio every studio in Bill Hollywood Murray. just has like an emergency in case of Bill Murray cash supply. Well, he doesn't. Yeah, because he's one of those guys that doesn't have an agent rep or anything like that he basically so like to get a hold of that guy to be in your movie apparently it's like a huge task for people like because he's very eccentric and like he just kind of drifts through life and does his own thing which is pretty cool but at the same time if people were trying to get a hold of you to (laughs) to to do something career-wise like you know what i mean yeah but but just like in film (laughs) in film school something there's gonna be a story like hey if you work really hard and work in your movie really well one day bill murray might show up on set for you That's right. Yeah. Just like Bill Murray just turns into the fucking tooth fairy of filmmaking. Yeah. Just you fall asleep and wake up the next day and you find a new character that's been written in specifically for Bill Murray to play. <laughs> it's like legend of true papa. Bill Murray wrote Bill Murray wrote himself in my screenplay. It's like, oh, that's wonderful, son. Go off and make some bullshit. We're not so anyway, here talking about movies. Ghostbusters 101. It doesn't suck. It just has an aspect of it that doesn't need to be there in the slightest. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, like I said, I've I've enjoyed the fucking I've enjoyed this guy's these two guys' run on Ghostbusters. Mm. This is not the best. This is not right. This I this I don't even this might be the worst, but that is kind of like saying it's not terrible. Nowhere near any, nowhere near as good as the other stuff, though. Right, which is high praise for like, uh, you know, licensed comics, right? If you're saying that they've you've enjoyed the, uh, oh, yeah, that's some the thing, of them, like, you know, it, a lot of them fall by the wayside. Yeah, like this one is this one's been doing pretty all right. I think it's kind of been like benefiting a lot from like the uh, limited run series aspect of it. Right. They just like there's like kind of bang out like a storyline of this. If it does well, we got places to go. If it don't, then it's a fine place to leave off. Yeah, because let's be honest. As much as I love Ghostbusters, there's a lot of people, other people that love Ghostbusters. It's not like it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers property for the comics. Yeah, people love the movie, not the franchise. Right, right, right. So, yep. Anyway, yeah, Ghostbusters 101. Maybe not. Maybe just don't like there's uh, there's better Ghostbuster stuff to read. <laughs> well, after those, uh, our, our all three of our first picks are uh, disappointing uh, picks. There, <laughs> books that just have not been uh, did not go over well with us. Uh, I, I'll move on here. I'll talk about uh, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about a indie book, uh, uh, which I don't talk about as often on here. Uh, not that I don't read them. Um, but there are definitely more few and far between. And when I do read them, um, you know, a lot of these things I'll pick up collected. I don't read single issues of a lot of these things that are released if they even get released in single issues. Uh, so this is, this book's, um, called the Megan Bog, uh, one more year. And it's by a creator called, uh, named Simon, Simon Hanselman. Uh, have you guys ever heard of this series before? Nope. No. Okay, so I just posted a, a like a page I just found on the uh, when I googled it off the uh, internet just to give you an idea of his art. He writes oh. and, and draws and draws this series. A few words to describe this series, uh, which is basically this is the third book 
uh, like collection that's come out from uh, Fanagraphics, which collects all these little strips that he does. Um, a lot of them can range from anywhere from like a one page, like nine panel grid type strip like this that you see here, or uh, even longer ones, which can be like 20 to 40 pages. Usually the title of the books that they release is the name of like probably maybe the most well-received or longest story in in a, collect in a given collection. So this third volume, which is called One More Year, there was a story in this called One More Year. Um, so which is why it's called that. And basically they just collect a bunch of, he does like, you know, like zines, like actual like uh, comics that he makes and sells at, at ind uh, more indie comic type conventions. And uh, he does uh, little strips for magazines. He does, he publishes work online. I mean, so basically this is about a uh, uh, two characters, mainly uh, uh, Meg, the, a witch and Mog, her cat who live together uh, along with their roommate, Owl. And they're basically just a bunch of slacker, stoner, fucking low-life people that are going nowhere, except for Owl, who is the good one out of the bunch, who tries to be responsible, has a job, lives with these two shitheads who just sit on the couch, you know, smoking weed and doing drugs all day. <laughs> uh, but it's very realistic in the sense that this is a lot of people's lives and as well. And you might even know some of the characters or have met them in your life uh, that appear in this type of book. Um, I mean, words that you could use to describe it are like it's it is uh, nihilistic at times, disturbing. It, it, but at the same time, it's depressing. But at the same time, it's actually very hilarious. There's a lot of funny moments and or comics within these three collections that have been released. And someone else put me onto it and I didn't think it was going to be my type of thing. Um, but I ended up enjoying it. Um, there is a there is a bunch of other cast of characters as well. One called the the craziest other character that shows up that's in that page that I sent you guys is uh, Werewolf Jones, who's just like a, 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 a just a degenerate fucking guy. He'll do like any drug you put in front of him. Doesn't care what the fuck it is. He's a shitty father. Uh, he just he <laughs> he's, he he'll come over your house. He'll take a shit on carpet this kind of business like he's just uh just a disgusting human being and whenever he shows up on the scene you know that well, owl... human being yeah well yes exactly <laughs> wolf <laughs> whatever the fuck he is or if you, what you want to call him that uh <laughs> um but so this uh, this poor owl character in the book though he tries to keep it together constantly but then this werewolf jones guy jones guy comes you know messes up their house or like they just disrespect him they act shitty to him like the, the megan mog kind of you'd be like hey guys you know you're kind of late on your rent again or something like that it's like oh yeah <laughs> like all fucked up on the yeah, couch we'll get to you fucking <laughs> square <laughs> yeah just like shit like that like, fuck um, you narc then werewolf jones storms in because with a name like <laughs> werewolf jones he only storms in the rooms he, he werewolf jones is fucking psychotic so again uh, with of, a name like werewolf motherfucking jones <laughs> that is not the that's not a man no matter the universe you're in that is not that's not the name of a man whose life is together yeah <laughs> he, he, he's probably honestly <laughs> that's the guy you tell uh, stories like, about like yo was at this one part of the fucking werewolf jones showed up man right it was crazy the cops showed up somebody fucking died i don't know he he is my my favorite character to be <laughs> honest in this book. Of course he fucking is. He's, he's so over the top and like <laughs> the things that he always do, does that are so ridiculous. Like, um, anyways, uh, but yeah, it, 
it's hard to sit through and read a whole book of all these strips because at the end of it, sometimes you just feel like bad <laughs> down on life just because there's like, there really is like a, not a lot of good days ahead of these characters in these stories, <laughs> but, but they always have these funny little interactions and storylines that go throughout. And so I'll just mention the one that was probably one of my favorite out of this uh, particular book instead of going each one, because there's so many different comic strips, like little stories in there. Um, there's this one called Heat Wave where they go to the pool for the day and uh, they kind of go to uh, like a water park type uh, place. And meanwhile, they get there and Werewolf Jones, he's just like, hey, guys, I got a bunch of these random pills I found. Who wants to take a bunch with me? And everyone's kind of like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll pass. I don't want to die swimming, drowning when I'm out in the water. So he's like, OK, you know, screw you guys then. So he just like throws a bunch of like random pills in his mouth goes off turns out when he's swimming in the community like in this pool at the water park one of them was like a viagra so he ends up he pops like a huge boner and is walking around in a thong with his boner sticking out while he's at the pool in front of like a bunch of families and kids and the, and the sort and then their friend comes up to them this guy who's like a wizard who's always got shades on he's like always stone but he's dressed like a wizard constantly when they see him uh, he walks up to them and he works at the pool and he's like, hey, Werewolf Jones, uh, Owl, you guys want to see something cool? And they're like, okay. So then he takes them to like this part of the the, the water park where employees only work. And, and basically he is, uh, he is looking through this hole in the pool at people in bathing suits swimming. So he's just a huge pervert. Owl calls him disgusting. He kind of is like, I'm getting the fuck out of here now. And then he sees Werewolf Jones pop the boner at this time. And then he thinks that he's popping a boner because they're checking out these bathers. And meanwhile, it's this Viagra just kicking in. Uh, shit hits the fan when they find out that their their owner of this, this water park is also a perv who's been staring at uh, people swimming. And, you know, uh, Werewolf Jones shithead kids go to the to the water park. Uh, and end up um, uh, when one of the water slides is closed, they end up taping a bunch of razor blades to the actual water park slide. That what werewolf, the fuck? yeah. So Owl later on, when it opens back up, goes down this water park slide and ends up shredding up his whole back. There's an altercation involved when they find all the pervert type shit going on, where someone slaps the shit out of Werewolf Jones, he flies through a window, crashes through, lands on his dick. <laughs> like, he fucks up because it's all, like, a wreck because of the Viagra and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's just, like, all these crazy fucking shithead fucking antics that are going on in this book. On and on. There's no there's no plot. They're just little funny stories where fucking all, this, all these things happen. And, again, it's not that I read many books like this with this type of tone but i find that some of the stories are are funny yet mean, very very mean-spirited and full of awful people <laughs> so again with a know. name like werewolf so dead Jones. man story what sorry what was that Bernie? so dead man story <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean if you're ever interested and they have like a bunch of strips available to read online there is it, it. I don't know. I find some of the funny. I, I, I they, they've kind of grown on me because this doesn't. This isn't something like I normally enjoy reading, but, um, but the characters are funny all together, and there definitely is uh, some something to be said because uh, this guy apparently does very well, like on the indie circuit. Like a lot of people like 
like this comic apparently like he has his fans so um so yeah uh, this is one more year the first two collections were called mega hex which i think mega hex was the best critically acclaimed one that was the first book that came out and then the second one was called mega mog go to amsterdam and 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 throughout each volume you get certain comic strips that actually do take a serious look on their lives and actually have some character progression as well once in a while um but for the most part you get most of this like just drug fueled fucking craziness type stories that happen because like you said when werewolf jones shows up it can't be any good for anybody involved yeah, i mean the motherfucker's, wear, the motherfucker's wearing a bucket hat that is not the hat of somebody who has their life together <laughs> that's fucking, actually a story the about bucket hat clad like, werewolf jones storming through where, shit where he he starts making felt hats <laughs> Reason. and then it just becomes a thing that he wears constantly and uh, you know as you can tell all the all the characters when they show up in storylines their eyes are all glazed over and You're like hey man fucked he, up need, on hey, something. he needs to afford <laughs> drugs somehow and the best way he found was starting an etsy store <laughs> there's another story in this one where they basically owl trying to again give these guys a hard time about getting a job and they're just walking down the street and this new department store opens up and the owner of the department store comes out and he knows them he's like a friend of owl's father so he ends up giving them all jobs on the spot and he puts owl in in charge of being the manager of managing these these fucking little lives so then they show up the next day to the store uh, he's worried they're not going to show up, first of all, and that he's going to get fired on the spot because he, they went out partying all night. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, the guy, they all do show up. They start working, and he kind of goes off to do his business, and he goes to the washroom, comes back out. They've single-handedly made this place into a drug den by st- sticking a sign on the department store, and like all these people end up coming in and taking over this camping department store. <laughs> just like so it's just like shit like that and the owl always gets shitted on uh, owl and he always fucking i just don't know why someone would continue living with these people thinking that they're there's his friend necessity constantly i guess i don't know because he's the only one that somehow has it together but he's such a loser like he doesn't like he just how long did you put up with your last awful roommate uh about right about eight about eight months Okay. Yeah, I've heard that. Yes, yeah, eight months. Story, uh, eight so months. I, uh, they shattered a cup because a fork I watched touched it, and I called my mom. Said, "Please come get me out of here." Yeah, I remember you actually telling me a little bit of that. So yeah, I guess there is certain circumstances where these things would happen. So, so you feel for him as a character, but it's just it's one of those things where I, I like the guy, but. The, the butt of all the jokes and the sh- bad shit that happens to everybody in this book is normally revolves around him. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's one more year. <laughs> hey, cool. Marty. All right. Um, it's, well, switching to what's going to be several of my picks tonight. Wonder woman. Uh, let's talk about the weirder one first. Uh, Wonder woman, gods of Gotham. It sounds like an Elseworld title. No, it isn't. It was a four-part storyline in the the pre-New 52 Wonder Woman series where Ares' four children possess different Batman supervillains. <laughs> okay. That's a fucking story idea. Yeah, 
like uh, Poison Ivy is possessed by Eris, the goddess of discord. Um, Scarecrow is possessed by Phobos, the goddess of god of fear. Um, what is his name? Um, uh, Demetrius, the god of the god of chaos, is possesses the Joker, which that is tracks. hilarious because later on in the ser- in the storyline. Um, he starts getting sick of Joker's madness. <laughs> so, Batman at first is like, okay, don't call Wonder Woman here. We don't need her for, to deal with whatever this is. But Wonder Woman, being Wonder Woman, shows up anyway. Um, I And uh, it's just, you know, it's Greek mythology weirdness combined with Batman villains. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like uh, the the writing's nothing all that special, but the the art for this comic is stunning in a lot of ways. Who, who wrote this? Uh, Jimenez, I think Scott Jimenez, I think is his full name. Okay. I'm I'm pulling it up. He 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 wrote a lot of issues from this oh, era Phil, in Wonder Woman. Phil, Phil Jimenez. Phil Jimenez, yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah. I couldn't. Uh, and uh, actually, wait, no, that might have been reversed. Sorry, I. It, 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 there's two co- there's two names on the cover of the issue. Per- George Perez, who's oh, yeah. a legend with yep. in terms of Wonder Woman, and uh, it's or Jimenez. I'm just trying to figure out which one's the writer and which one's the artist. Sorry. It's going slowly. because my Anyway, um, as part of that, um, the four children of Ares were locked in uh, Tartarus because they pissed off their dad and they broke the rules to get out. And so Hades is looking for them. So their only hope of avoiding going back to Tartarus and being tortured for a few more millennia by Hades is to convince their dad to just tell Hades, his uncle to lay off from the looks of it. Um, Phil Jimenez and JM Demodius wrote this. Okay. Yes. Uh, With Jimenez, I think doing art too. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, so my favorite part of this, um, the the four the four children of Ares are calling are calling their dad to Earth to directly cause chaos and terror on Earth again, and Wonder Woman of course has to stop this naturally. Uh, but as a as a sign as a side effect of opening up um, the the gates to the realm of Olympus on Earth. Uh, Batman is exposed to what true unfettered fear looks like. So Phobos possesses him and they become a bat demon god. <laughs> huh. Wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's neat. That's neat. <laughs> The, the justification for it is that um, uh, Phobos is convinced that the only thing Batman really believes in is fear, and that belief allows him to possess Batman. 
And so what ultimately allows Batman to be freed of Phobos is when Wonder Woman convinces him to believe in her and what her dream is just enough to not just hang on to fear and nothing else. Which, you know, that's for an idea. A story featuring Batman and Wonder Woman, that's not a bad way to end it. Yeah, that's a that that's a that's an angle. Yeah, and to kind of to uh, send this home um, uh, at the end of it, after they're cleaning everything up, Batman is trying is uh, trying to apologize for the way he acted while possessed, and the best he can come up with is to tell one Diana that that dream you showed me and Clark when we first first formed the Justice League. Yeah, that's all that really pulled me out of it. So. I hope you can make that come true. There was something similar like, to that in like the Wonder Woman annual last week. Yeah, no, and I was actually going to talk about that when I I was going to talk about the Wonder Woman annual later, but oh, okay. um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Batman. Well, briefly, Batman um, with the power of Phobos merged with him literally spreads a wave of fear to everything in Gotham city. <laughs> so you see every villain that Batman tries to scare terrified, but also like, uh, Donna Troy is terrified. Huntress is terrified. All the Robins are terrified. Even Oracle is just sitting in her chair, sobbing from fear, which so considering how small of an image is, that's a pretty powerful image. Yeah. Yeah, and it, despite um, some very Adam Hughes-esque covers for this portion of the series, uh, the interior art is great. It's ridiculously detailed, particularly the look of Ares. And they are Adam Ares Hughes had, covers. It's not the... Um, huh? And they are Adam Hughes covers. Yeah, yeah that's like kind of what I thought based on the weird frozen facial images. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm torn on Adam Hughes. <laughs> really interesting. I like, I like his work. Adam Hughes has his moments. Yeah, he, I really some, like some, his some of his moments Hughes. are incredibly he awkward. Moments. I he find has his moments, but Betty versus Veronica. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that he, he's my not god. Known that for many interiors, though, right? So <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's yeah, fucking book. but I think. <laughs> But the problem is a lot of times with his his facial expressions, he's not always clear how he wants to differentiate. So some people just have goofy expressions. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I know a lot of people. Like, like what's, Alex, what's, Alex the, what's, the, what's the blonde-haired girl, blonde-haired wonder girl's name? Is that Cassie? Yep. Cassandra Sand. Yeah. I think it's Cassie Sandmark. Yeah. That, I couldn't remember her name. Um... Her scared expression is um, do the goldfish lips. Oh. 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 But yeah, other than that, um, this was a fun little what the fuck kind of like, I don't know when this was released. I'd have to look at the date, but it's like a fun little Halloween story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pamela Rambo's the artist along with Adam Lanning. Yeah, so and the interior art's much better, particularly, and I have to actually credit the color because the colors 
pop a lot with this. A lot of weird browns and oranges and bright golds and blues. Or being able to distinguish a gray against a black void. <laughs> so... Yeah, this came out, uh, I think, around 2001. In, I think this came around a summer 2001. Yeah, okay. So not, not a Halloween story, but it feels like it could have been one. Particularly with uh, Joker with a snake head um, doing tentacle horror stuff to Harley. <laughs> oh, God. Because, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, naturally. That, that, that's how that works. So yeah, uh, Wonder Woman: Gods of Gotham comes highly recommended. Nice. If you're gonna want to read this, you probably want to read it digitally because looking at the trade, looking at the trade it's in, it co- it comes in at around eighty five bucks for the fucking paperback, and that's used. Yeah, that's one that, that's one of those trades that has been, it, it's going to get re released at some point because DC is going back and yeah releasing everything so it'll come out in a nice print relatively cheap soon it just hasn't yet yeah, yeah. they've been doing a great job of actually collecting a lot of things that yeah, yeah we're like they, just years. Re- they just released the john byrne collection at the beginning of his run i heard that's pretty wacky that that, that run i i've heard i've heard mixed things but i consider you know, what's on the cut what's listed in the, in the first i, I kind of want to read it i mean it's got some really dumb early 90s artwork but i might be able to put up with that if it's interesting enough i put up with right. uh supergirl's artwork as <laughs> wacky as that got oh yeah yeah wacky no, 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 is the I word. Mean, yeah i i uh <laughs> i, I want to check it out myself as well but i, I the uh, john byrne stuff was that uh he did some pretty unconventional things with the character which People that are fans of the character are not fans of, but it isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? But yeah, oh. uh, it can't be as bad as uh, Pants Woman. Was did John Byrne do make her make Wonder Woman Artemis? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. did she? Okay, because like at least for the first volume, it's still uh, Diana. Because, like, and I know that's like some point in the mid '90s they switched out who was Wonder Woman briefly. Or sometimes I, it was Artemis, sometimes it was Hippolyta, but I don't know. That's that's what I I think that's him because I heard there was a lot of there was a lot to do with Artemis during the John Byrne run, so I only assume that that's that's what you're talking about. Okay. But yeah, so maybe I don't know. I I I I know that like she had like she he basically just like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna speak on it. I haven't read it, so <laughs> no. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, so uh on my next book, uh let's talk about regression. Huh. So aggression is, is the that? newest of the eight thousand books being written by Cullen Bunn. Oh, okay. Well that's why. <laughs> okay. Oh, well that's why you read it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, also, it's a horror book where the cover is a guy crying as bugs and shit crawl out of his nose as he's being dragged into a pile of other bugs. Oh, so it's John Byrne doing uh, Hellblazer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's yeah. So written by Colin Bunn, art by a guy I never heard of before called Danny Luckert. Hmm. And it's pretty good. It kind of reminds me of Joel Jones. Oh. Just like, just like, there's this weird haze over everything that kind of looks like uh, Jones's work. Um, 
they have they have like the same level of like detail and expressiveness in the faces with everybody. Uh, decent background work and yeah, it looks really fucking good. And it's a pretty cool idea for a comic. I well, I find it really kind of cool anyway. So there's a guy. Uh, let me just see if I can actually find his name. Yeah, I'm looking at the the art right now. Yeah, there's some nice stuff here. Yeah, Adrian, that's his name. Yeah, so Adrian, uh, he is having all kinds of weird nightmares, waking nightmares where bugs are crawling on people's fucking faces. Uh, he like throws up in a toilet. There are bugs and a weird demon kind of hand reach out to try to grab him. And so a friend of his, Molly, decides to take him to a hypnotist. Uh, instead of going to like you know a hypnotherapist, they go to a stage hypnotist. And after he is done, and the bar he's working at closes up, uh, he hypnotizes the guy. And begins uh, trying to take him back through past lives, believing that the problem is, you know, a past life fucking with him. This turns out to maybe be the case as he is uh, as like is being pulled back. He like has visions of his past as well as somebody else's past. Mm-hmm. And the next day he has a nightmare where somebody like cuts him open with a knife and then like a chest burster bursts out of him. And when he calls it and when he calls it the next day. Uh, the hypnotist has been ritualistically murdered. <laughs> oh, well, now he's stuck that way. <laughs> but yeah, it's neat. I, I kind of like, uh, the idea of like past lives as horror concepts. Yeah. Like even if, even if they usually turn out to be shitty, I will give them a chance, mm-hmm. which more often than not, they kind of do, but it's Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn is That's a decent, cam, yo. yeah. Colin Bunn is a decent writer who has kind of proven himself again, time and time again with yes. with like material like this. Mm. And yeah, this art, fuck, dude. This is this is kind of the thing that I was the most surprised by. I, like I said, I had never heard of Danny Luckert before. I don't, I don't really think I've ever seen anything he's worked on, assuming he's worked on anything. But. Yeah, it's really good. Is there cockroaches in this at all? Yeah, ass loads of them. Ugh, I fucking hate cockroaches. Spiders, flies, okay. maggots, centipedes, millipedes, cockroaches. Yeah. Bugs crawling out of people's buttholes, dude. <laughs> I know, I'm looking at a at a image right now. I don't, I don't know if it's my record or not, but it's basically you got the guy's eyeballs, but then there's this like a surrounding amount of worms maggots around either like both of his eyeballs <laughs> yeah <laughs> what issue is this on uh issue one. Oh, only one issue's come out okay yep. huh yep and uh looking up uh, stuff about luckard uh, it looks like he worked on two other series both of which were part of the same overall thing called haunted huh yeah released by same red five time. Oh, okay. Hmm. Good shot, Red Five. Yep. Uh, both four issue minis. Uh, both written by Scott Chitwood. Looks like. Yep. So there's Haunted, and then Haunted the other side. I forgot oh, Red Five was a good. publisher. Yeah, that's a much smaller publisher. Oh yeah, much smaller. Yeah. Oh, this looks, this looks not bad. I'm looking at some of the artwork, the preview pages here. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, so. like you said, Colin Bunn has a pretty good track record for all the thousands of books he writes at this point. 
<laughs> so yeah, like, I, feel, I feel like him and Jeff Lemire are in like a dare contest so you can have the most ongoing titles at once. <laughs> I think I think Bun's actually winning, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Like like point. like as it is, um like Bun seems to release stuff more regularly than Lemire, even if they have a similar right. number of properties out at the same time. The the amazing thing about Lemire though is that he actually draws books as well. Like banging out a script is I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like put any fucking like I'm trying to no, tell no. like oh yeah fucking writers but writing doesn't take as long as artwork. Mm-mm. Like it can. No, as 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 a sign of that, uh, the one version of One Punch Man versus the one in Shonen Jump. Right. <laughs> yeah, like like that is kind of being written. I believe as <laughs> e- even if they are like taking ideas from the book, like it, a lot of it is still like original stuff written by one himself. But yeah, like that shit. Oh, it is slow to come out. You better put out some fucking more of it. I need a new volume, Viz Media. Hurry the fuck up. (laughs) I don't think it's really on them. I think it's on freaking Use Game Arata. I know. I'm just disappointed because, like, when my when I came on the 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 manga pod the uh, anime podcast with you guys, and I fucking read like all my volumes in one shot. Now I'm sitting here waiting for the next one, and I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> it took too big a hit. That's your I, fault. Know. Yeah. I know. Volume twelve is coming out in September. You'll be fine. Oh, it's September. And that'll okay. be just a portion of the martial arts arc. <laughs> yep. Uh, right. Chapters right. sixty-two right. through sixty-seven. Yeah. Fuck. <sighs> and then we got volume thirteen, which is coming out. God knows when. <laughs> Because it just came out in Japan a couple months ago, so uh, you have you have like a little over a year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, regression. It's cool. Check it out. All right, I just might. All right, so my final book I'm gonna talk about because we know Deadman had to you know choose this one because I know how much of a fan he is of this particular character and all. It's uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Court, Volume Two. <laughs> mm. Um, for the record, he is not a fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Deadman, assume I, everybody's I, podcast is their first podcast. I kind of despise Hal Jordan. Right. I find him incredibly boring. Well, and the, and the fact that he's so fucking popular. Yeah. Well, I, I've been reading more and more of like uh, older Flash stuff. And so like seeing him working with Barry, I've liked their relationship with mm-hmm. each other. But having just yeah. Pal uh, Jordan by himself... Like, there's a reason in the 80s and 90s they kept looking for other Green Lanterns. <laughs> yeah. And yet, for some fucking reason, people were like, hey, you know that new guy you got? Fuck him. Bring back Hal. Also, undo all the horrible things you made him do. Because yeah, I don't know. They... Uh, that's a whole just, fucking thing. He just showed up in the most recent issue of Flash, actually, for a team up with him, which. Yeah. Which is like, you know, a thing, like you said, the older stuff, like they are good friends and they have teamed up many a times. Yeah, right? they're bros. And in that one, yeah, they're yeah. bros. And in that one, he did the fucking shittiest thing and kind of re-gifting a gift Barry gave to him. <laughs> because he's, you know, that yeah. great a friend. The funniest part is that he showed up to the party in his pilot, uh, the, uh, like, jacket. 
It's like, come on, man. No, the, no, the funniest, <laughs> the funniest thing about it is that it started out saying that Eobard Thawne was his partner, and then after reading that, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I just, I just thought it was pretty cocky of him. He's like, yeah, uh, like, hey, what's up? going, guys? Hey, what's up, you fucking forensic scientist dork? I'm a fucking fighter pilot. Hey, girl, what's up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird that the only character from the New Fifty Two that I think got the characterization right enough is the one I hated the most. And that was Hal Jordan green lantern. <laughs> I mean, I hated other ones for different reasons because I thought they were bad characterizations. Right. Well, but... well, I'll never forget that first issue, that new 52, the, the eyes he was that he, what, he, he was begging. He was begging for, he, he couldn't pay his rent. So he had to ask Carol for rent money. <laughs> that, that was, was the whole thing. That was the whole sad sack Hal Jordan era during that new 52 start. <laughs> it was just like sad sack Hal Jordan. I think Carol and Kyle started porking. Yeah, that was later. That was Ooh, a thing. Kyle Rayner? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle Rayner and really? Carol Ferris were a thing when, when Kyle Rayner became that. Lantern Jesus. Also, I have a question about uh, uh, Star Sapphire Dead Man. When she was still going evil with the ring, did it give her a British accent? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I didn't spend enough time with Star Sapphire when she was evil. Okay. My my, my right. main my main exposure to Star Sapphire was when she was like not evil anymore. Yeah. Like Blackest Night around there. Cuz like I I for the longest time I didn't think the JLU version of Star Sapphire actually was Carol Ferris cuz she was just always <laughs> British. <laughs> <laughs> So, based off the fact that, you know, you say you're not uh, much of a fan of the character at this, this time, then I would say that um, please see to no end for me to sit, report back and saying that the second volume of this uh, series collecting issues, 8 to 13, was actually quite weak, I felt. Um, Why were you reading it? Well, I talked about it already in the past on the show. Like I, I mentioned it. I talked about the um, other book, the um, the Green Lanterns book, which I the second volume that has come out. I talked about the first volume on the show, which I, at that time I had also mentioned. I read the first volume of this, um, and I actually really quite like that book. I actually like the Green Lanterns book quite a bit, and I will defend that. I do really enjoy it. I really, yeah, really I, like, like I said, like I said, I only read that. Uh, I only read the Rebirth issue. Right. And that was um, enough for me to just go, no, thank you, sir. This looks like hot fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. No, I liked it. I like the dynamic between those two characters. I like that they're new lanterns starting out and they're trying to, you know, make their, like, you know, pay their dues. I, I, I like that. Like, like Simon and Jessica, I believe is her name. Both of them I yeah. find interesting. Yeah. And their dynamic together, actually, on the, like, them, those two narrating the story in that series is actually quite enjoyable. Yeah. Like, for those who don't know, uh, Simon Baz was introduced uh, part with the New 52. I think it was like shortly, like, around the second wave, I think. And he was, yeah. he's like, he's like Muslim American. Uh, he accidentally stole a car that had a car bomb in it and then became a lantern. And so everyone's like, oh my God, a terrorist is a green lantern. What the fuck? And then. Progression happened where it turns out he is potentially the most powerful lantern to ever exist. Mm-hmm. And then Jessica Hernandez, I believe, was her name. Uh, she was. Cruz, the, isn't it? Is it Cruz? Jessica Cruz. That's it. Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Cruz. Jessica yeah. Cruz. Yeah. Uh, she is the second wielder in this dimension, at least, of the power ring that was wielded by Power Ring of the Crime Syndicate. 
she was incredibly weak and scared, and then she got the ring that started taking her over, and then she and she and the Flash ended up kind of getting a little thing there where she was able to overcome her fear, and because of that, she became a lantern. Yeah, because she suffers from um, the thing where she's afraid to leave her house. Um, yeah, agoraphobia. Right. Yeah, thank you. The same thing that Hulk, I guess, was dealing with. <laughs> Hulk, Hulk, um, Hulk was PTSD. Oh, yeah, that's right. But she also, I think, didn't want to leave her house in that book. But yeah, I think. It was well, that was more because she was just looking for reasons not to be scared or angry. Oh, okay. Which at that point was basically everything. Yeah, sensory deprivation. She's like, she's like the Charlie Brown of superheroes. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, that, but yeah, that, um, I like that book a lot, the Green Lanterns book. So then I figured, and I have heard good positive things about this, uh, as well. Uh, uh so I, I picked up the first volume. I thought it was all right. It was basically them kind of grounding everybody up, like, um, all the other Green Lanterns. And, and that is my main issue with this, uh, second volume is that the weakest part of this is, are the Hal Jordan parts. Um, there's a great, Shock of fucking Rainer. shocks. I no, but that's what I think. But like he adds wait, no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> is Hal Jordan boring? <laughs> <laughs> and this he is. I yeah. know. It's, I know it's a shock birdie. He has. He has no wow. depth to the storyline. Like because Gillian failed me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most interesting <laughs> thing about Hal Jordan. Like his relationship with Barry and the fact that Nathan Fillion voices him. One of the most charismatic motherfuckers you ever met. <laughs> Um, it's charismatic enough to make me watch fucking seven seasons of Castle. My favorite part about this volume was the Kyle Rayner reintroduction because, like, like you said, he's that God Lantern and the basically the two two um, Oa um, gods or whatever the hell they're called. This Guardians of the Universe. That ca- guard, yes, the two ones that are survived because I guess they got all wiped out prior to maybe to the, at the end of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, I think it um, was a uh, relic or the First Lantern who did it. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, there's only a couple of them right now. So, like, is one of them Ganthit? I think so. Yeah. It's it's again. Ganthet I don't have as much. Ganthit is the only lantern to not be a colossal dick horse. I'm trying to see if they show his name here, but I don't see it. Is I mean, do they all have ponytails? Uh, no. I think that I think Ganthit is the kind of the one that's dis- dis- it, distinguished by his ponytail. Okay, so that's him then. Yeah, so he's still here. And or it, or it might be the other guardians because there was that whole thing in um in uh, like how how I mean Cal Cal Rayner had a storyline where all the guardians got murdered and then a bunch of new guardians who were guarding the first lantern came out and so and so Kyle just kind of ticked them around the universe showing them hey this is what's happening. Mm. Well, as I mentioned before, I don't have as much of a history. The with, lanterns like, are the, weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, essentially they make they resurrect Kyle Rayner like he comes back in this and they essentially admit that Kyle Rayner has mastered he they give him they give him his due in this. They say he is like the most powerful ones because he mastered all the rings, uh, not just the will uh, one. So the Green Lantern, he basically mastered and wielded all of them at one point or another. All right, and they basically say that he's the most powerful one and that they have to bring him back. And meanwhile, Hal has been running around. Yes, Ganthet. He just, I just found the page. Yeah, Ganthet. Yeah, he's he's the one. Okay, uh, basically, Hal Jordan's been running around with this one that he's now constructed. So the only way for him to, they, for him to 
continue to wield it and actually use it properly. I guess they wanted Kyle Rayner to come back to help him. So the, the Kyle Rayner issue or two, what they reintroduced him was interesting. Other than that, you have um, the other lanterns, Guy Gardner and um, what the fuck's his name? Um, uh, John uh, Stewart. Um, John Stewart there. The fake uh, news guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. Just all of a sudden, this Jewish comedian appeared saving the universe. <laughs> yeah. So those two Sorry, are old Green Lantern joke. <laughs> all right. Um, those two basically are now dealing also with. Um, I explained during the first volume. Uh, they're now working with the Sinestro, um, like core people, the people that were. Um, like Sinestro got killed, possibly not really, but in the first volume, and now his daughter is basically leading this resistance of like Sinestro, like the Yellow Rings, and they have now teamed up and formed one band of like a core together of this of the Yellow and the Green, and basically the bad guys that they have to take out in this are Brainiac, which leads to Brainiac. The guy, the reason that Brainiac is involved is that it's some. Uh, abandoned Brainiac uh, model, not the main one, but one that he has abandoned that someone found, reconfigured to basically search and collect things for him, and of course, who is the man that collects everything and is very greedy in the Green Lantern universe, Larflees, is the one behind everything. So, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that whole thing. The whole Brainiac Larflees thing seemed pretty... <laughs> yeah, it was... Sorry. Dead man? Yes. I, I, like... Larflees was already pretty funny, but now I just picture him as nothing but that seagull line from Finding Nemo. Fine. <laughs> mine. 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 And just so, that, yeah. and is that, that barking in the ear of Brainiac forever. So yeah, that was the second volume, essentially. It was those two storylines. Kyle basically trying to learn how to use this new ring. Uh, sorry, not Kyle. Um, Hal. Kyle basically brought back now, which was my favorite part. And uh, the, the John and uh, Guy and the Sinestro Corps trying to take down Larflees and uh, Brainiac. When did, uh, last, which, last time I read about Guy Gardner, he was fucking leading the Red Lanterns. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, he went in there, I guess, undercover, like as a... To basically as a spy essentially or something and yeah and, he, and then he revealed he was a spy and just took the bitch over right pretty much yeah so he's left that now he's now backed with the green lantern Corps. of course he fucking is uh, yeah <laughs> he's just as much of a dick as always too so um anyways i probably will stop reading this now um i the Good. one thing i like about this book is seeing the other green lanterns i like I like the fact that they're all in this, but you don't spend enough time with any of them to really like get some enjoyable storylines. And like the both the storylines out of both two volumes seem very rote to the fact like I ha like I've said I haven't read a lot of Green Lantern, but the two bad guys that have been in each volume so far of like five six issues has been the first one Sinestro, the second one Larflees. So I'm kind of I don't I'd rather see them do other things like for whatever reason the Green Lanterns book has worked for me a lot better um, like I said because of those two characters and the dynamic between them so I can't I can't necessarily recommend this second volume or where the series is at currently for the Cal book so uh, so yeah it, it was just okay but uh, but again I highly recommend the Green Lantern I really like that book so no doke right. yeah Birdie. 
All right. Well, let's finish this off with a nice easy one that Dead Man and I could talk about together. I read, I read this immediately after uh, Hulk number six, and that was a breath of fresh air. Wonder Woman annual. Yeah. Uh, that was a good decision on my part. Nice. Yeah, nice, nice little palate cleanser. It's like, ah, yes. I yeah. I heard that if you went to see the movie and then read this, there's actually, it's in the one instance where you can actually go see the movie and actually read something that's on the stands out right now that represents... Like, uh, I don't know. Dead man, can you speak to that? <laughs> uh, speak to what again? I, I heard that if you were to see, um, I heard on another thing I let podcast listen to last week that uh, the guys had seen the movie and they mentioned that um, for books out on the stand, because so many times when you go to see a superhero movie, you were, if you were to go pick out something that just recently came out that week, it doesn't represent the character that well i heard this is a good representation of the wonder woman in the movie like if you were to go see that you could recommend this to somebody this annual be like pick this up three different stories about wonder woman or whatever uh yeah pretty much actually uh it is right yeah it's pretty good like like in the movie they do show a they do like give a decent job of like actually representing the character uh and it's like but it's like fairly early on the character so there's a bit like naivety about the world itself right I just heard it was refreshing because half the time if you go to see the comic book store, it's like Iron Man's like dead and there's a girl and, and fucking, you know, Dr. Doom now, for instance. So you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, you're like, oh, I really movie. let's go look at what's out right now. You know, anyway, yeah, sorry, like, like, like that's a, like that's a fucking movie about like finding hope and wonder in the horror that is World War One. This is a book where she fucking goes to fight a kaiju and then brings him to an island to play fetch with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's just one of several stories, and they're actually all quite fun in different ways. And that's great. Sort of different versions of Wonder Woman. Like the first story is during the like prequels part of um, Greg Rucka's storyline, where she like has just joined the world of man, and Superman and Batman are like, "Hey, let's go spy on her." Yeah, pretty much. It is like there's like, yeah, she's a new player. Might as well. And, see and, what and it's not like with. they. It's not like they planned this out. They both came to the same conclusion. And then when Superman decided to spy on it, he found Batman's like, hey, can I spy next to you? It's like, no, why? You can spy anywhere. Why are you sitting next to me? Because it's comfortable here, fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, just like they haven't really they haven't really hashed out their relationship yet. So Superman's kind of being a dick to him, but just by, just by being like really friendly. And it's like, no, leave me alone. I want to brood. Yeah. Kind of like Lego Superman, because uh, I don't know if you've played any of the Lego Batman games, Dead Man. I have not. But, um, in the third one, uh, Superman's voiced by the voice of Captain Quark. <laughs> oh, God, this is perfect. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. <laughs> I had fun when I realized that. <laughs> anyway, um, in the process of spying on them, Wonder Woman finds them. Because and, and Batman and Superman's like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if I can do the cor- the courts. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> and she and she eventually convinces them, I'm not a threat. I don't think the, either of you are either. Put your hands on this rope so I can know for sure. And th- this, of course, being Batman and Superman, uh, when Diana says, "Do you guys see me as a threat?" Clark's like, of course not. And Bruce is like, Bruce, you going to answer? No. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's a very delayed and begrudging no. It's like I'm actually gonna see yeah. if I can find the panel. But yeah. uh, the best part of the, yeah, the best part of that story is how it ends on where when Wonder Woman leaves, uh, Superman's like Bruce, why do you look sad? It's like the way that thing works. She saw into the depths of our hearts and souls, man, and. She probably would not have been very happy with what she found in mine. So we've got a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of love that concept that of the two big uh, sort of iconic role model superheroes, Batman would rather be Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> I mean, Wonder Woman's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I think she might be my favorite DC character, period. Yeah. And that, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Wonder Woman is pretty great i i wouldn't say she's my favorite but she's up there for me as well there's a reason there's a reason that whenever people say the word superheroine she's what comes to mind oh yeah yeah, sure sure so i guess it's appropriate that the first good female-led superhero movie is her i guess yeah i think there's hope now as a result of this movie doing so well uh now that they're gonna finally pull the trigger on the uh, black widow movie as well yeah, Marvel. I think Marvel's going to do Captain Marvel first. Yeah, probably. And, and if that does well, they'll probably do a Black Widow movie. But hey, you know what this means for DC? They can do Catwoman again. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm looking forward to. No man, no man. They're gonna, no man, they're going to put a Marvel move and go Supergirl. Well, well, they're doing the. Um, She's going to fly by some ponies. Whedon's doing the Batgirl movie, right? That's been a is that official. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it's. Yeah, a, that's that's mostly that's that's talked about. I know they've attached Joss Whedon to direct it, but I don't know if it's got a release date. I don't. I don't think okay. so. <laughs> and it's it's probably contingent on whether or not people like Joss Whedon attempting to fix Zack Snyder and David Goyer's mess enough. Right. To actually release it, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I did see a story that said that uh, Warner Brothers is going to be waiting to see how Justice League does before they pull the trigger on any other movies they have in the yeah. fucking wings. Well, if they wanted to wait till if they wanted to see how Justice League did and they wanted to do well, they wouldn't have placed it in between Thor, Ragnarok, and Star Wars. Yeah, it's tough, dude. They said they wanted to see. They said they wanted to wait to see how it did. I didn't say they were going to be smart about it. <laughs> it's two different things. <laughs> Uh, he was like, we're going to wait to see how this does releasing it in between two of the fucking biggest releases of the year. Yeah. I mean, we're big, right? We put like how much money into this fucking thing? Probably not quite Batman v Superman levels of overspending, but probably close. I can look that up. I am curious about how much they fucking spent on that goddamn movie. Yeah. But oh, actually, while you're doing that, I can tell Nico about other great stories in this. So like, yeah, man mentioned the one where, um, a kaiju is only rampaging in that it's walking around and people are shooting at it. And, and you know, it's not rampaging because the whole thing is told from its thought perspective. Okay. So it's just being, uh, uh, misunderstood type. Yeah. No, it's just, it's literally just walking around. Right. And people are freaking out. And wonder woman finally manages to figure this out and transports it to, to the DC equivalent of monster Island. And then starts playing fetch with it and a bunch of other giant dinosaurs and monsters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's nice. Or, um, and the, the, this is the mostly serious story, although it's, 
it comes up with a kind of hopeful ending, despite how kind of sad the end, the story is. Uh, Wonder Woman is called by a master Japanese swordsman for a duel, just like a just to show sword against sword. But he also called her because he had taken upon himself a curse infesting his homeland, and it was about to turn him into an animal that he could no longer control. So she, he asked her to kill him. Oh, okay. And she does not slay the beast. She does manage to stop the curse, but it does it does ultimately take his life regardless because it just drained him. Right. And she's just sort of come to the, like, my truth is meant to free all people, not man or woman, not beast or, or human. Mm-hmm. So, but if you try to fight against my truth, I will draw my sword. Right. Which is yeah, something, something I've always kind of really liked about Wonder Woman. Just, I really like yeah. the idea that, like, yeah, she is, like, fucking the spirit of truth. She is a good person. But push comes to shove, no other option. She will fuck you up. Well, well yeah, she she definitely has always played both sides of the fence well in that regard. Like, she's all about love and forgiveness. But at the same time, like, if you do push her, she is an Amazon. Like, you know, yeah. she, she is a trained motherfucking ass. warrior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, li- I like that. Yeah, no, definitely. That's why I think the Trinity works so well together because um, they do definitely all have different um, yeah. per- personalities in that sense for yeah. what they say. But in it, and it's also one of those things where you can't have the full effect without all three. Like, and that was a sign. Absolutely. Like, I don't have. I don't, have either of you read the Nail? Uh, yes. The yeah. Nail. I. Yeah, it's the Alan Davis one. Yeah, I've read the first it's a, one. It's a, it's a, I, a DC Elseworlds story yeah. where. The Justice League was formed, but without Superman. Yeah, long time ago. But I, I there's another one too, actually, another nail, which was a sequel to it. I haven't read that yeah. one, but I, I read the first yeah, one. But the basic idea was that without that overriding right. hope and optimism that Superman represents, the Justice League worked okay for a while, but was ultimately torn apart by mistrust and differences of opinion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Might have to look into that. They're actually yeah. collect recollecting it in a deluxe. Yeah. Uh, soon. Yeah. Or like uh, during the Alan Moore, not Alan Moore, uh, uh, Grant Morrison, sorry, uh, run uh, just JLA after uh, Mark Wade's Tower of Babel series, yeah, uh, which, which had Batman leave the Justice League because his paranoia ultimately Mistrust. destroyed yeah. the Justice League. <laughs> Ultimately, he had to come back and trust the Justice League enough for it to work at all, right? Because he was too central to it. Like his his mistrust caused so much mistrust within the Justice League that it fell apart without him. Which is which is still I find because we bring it up like constantly, and I know do one of the be- better Batman stories, and it's not even a, it's not even a main solo Batman story. It's just Power of Battle. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, yeah, so good. It's, it's which it's what's funny about that is that if that happens in the middle of that JLA run, but that JLA run ends after identity crisis. When the rest of the justice league betrays Batman, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. Oh, the irony, <laughs> horrible, horrible irony. Yeah. Fuck identity crisis. <laughs> yeah. That looks kind of shit. Looks great. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I, quite enjoyed all of the stories and with the wonder woman nice. annual. did you dead man yeah totally they were real good yeah so 
definitely recommend it. It's a little pricey, like most annuals are. I'm kind of sick of the price range for those, but it's good. Like five bucks, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right, then. So moving to my last book, Plastic. This looks fucked up. It kind (laughs) of is. So it's written by Doug Wagner, drawn by Daniel Hilliard, who for the longest time, I thought this book was, was drawn by Ryan Otley. Really? I gotta yeah. look at the art then. It I, looks, I'm... it reminds me a lot of Otley. Huh? Just like the way the faces are drawn, uh, the way the characters react the gore. But yeah, so essentially uh, it's about this guy, average looking dude. Uh, the book starts out. He's just kind of like driving around doing whatever. Then some guys go up and talk to one, talk to his girlfriend in his car. He beats them all to death. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the interiors for this book. Dead man. I see what you mean. Yeah. So he, uh, is he, uh, beats all these guys to death. And it turns out his girlfriend is a sex doll. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, her name's Virginia. And yeah, this guy's just fucking insane. He just like uh, in like in the second issue, uh, he spends most of the issue driving around in the driving around in the car with a dead cop, just talking to him, just kind of hanging out doing whatever. Oh yeah, he does look very Otley-ish. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and his faces especially, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why, but with all the neon colors on the covers, it looks to me like if Ryan Otley drew a Stranger Things story. Yeah, I can see huh. that. It, it's well, let's your thing is a bit uh, darker, less neon about it, but I, I can see where you're going with that. It is this is very uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty like that. I can see where you're coming from, and <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so in the first issue, um, this local criminal overlord, this character, this gangster, uh, he kidnaps this guy whose name escapes me, uh, thinking he is a former CIA operative. <laughs> who just kind of disappeared one day uh, and takes his girlfriend, Virginia hostage, unless he does some jobs for him, including just straight up murdering people. Uh, So in the second issue, uh, they, in the second issue, he does that. And as he is about to be murdered, he then takes the saw he used to murder the guys upstairs and murder the guy who's going to murder him with the cop and with the dead cop in his car. And they all kind of begin just, then yeah, then he just kind of spends the rest of his time, rolling around trying to find people like trying to find the dudes. Okay. I'm sorry, dead man. I just, I wanted, I've looked at the, the, the fourth issue is going to come out later in July. And I just love this little, I, I, I mostly hate teachers for stories because they lie. I kind of hope this is true because this is amazing. It is. Edwin takes a hostage of his own, changing all the rules of this blood curdling cat and mouse game. Will Virginia's captors finally cut their losses and return her to Edwin or will there be more? Death by plastic. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a thing. Uh, this guy is kind of obsessed with plastic. Like he carves himself a lot of plastic figurines. He keeps uh, people's heads in plastic bags. His girlfriend is a so sucking sex plastic. doll. It's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, Edwin. Yeah, in, in the second issue, they kind of learned that the guy who they thought he was isn't who he isn't who they thought he was. 
And now they're just starting to freak the fuck out of like, oh, God, what are we going to do? This horrible fucking murder is coming after us. All this shit's happening. What do we do? God damn it. Yeah, I'd like this. I like this. Uh, this I, is this is what I, I love about this. indie comics. Like this shit, it's like, okay, what the fuck? How did this happen? And that's because like with, with all these indie comics, you're always bl- you're blindsided so much more constantly because you're never sure who to pay attention to to expect the weird. So you're constantly getting sucker punched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I'm picking up the trade of this. This looks great. Yeah, it no, kind of yeah, be a is. while, Nico, because the issue five is not out till August. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll read it online. <laughs> that yeah. looks aw- it looks awesome though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Doug Wagner writer. This uh, it looks the only other thing he worked it's, on, at least for Image, is the Hard Place. Is this just a, which isn't coming? Which isn't out yet? Yeah, I have no is idea this, how the fuck this started, but this is this is cool. Is this like a dark comedy, would you say, though? Oh, he worked on Red. Oh. Okay. That actually explains a lot, actually. Like, like not the, the movie version. It's just kind of... He worked with Warren Ellis on Red. So he's... The artist or the writer? Actually, as a co-writer, I think. Oh. I read Red. If you've seen the movie, the concept is just a bunch of retired um, special operatives are pulled are fucked with by stupid people and pay for it in typical Warren Ellis crazy fashion. But the movie plays it more like a stupid sex comedy instead of the dark, mostly brutal story that uh, the first one actually is. He also apparently worked on a thing called Gun Candy. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a black and white comic. Yeah, no, this is good. It's, it's it's actually a spinoff of another series he wrote called The Ride. Yeah, so the last is issue just, is it, an audience. It appears to be a character from The Ride. Sorry. And it's a five-issue series. Okay, so it ends in August. Okay. You so know, you like it, then, man? Oh, absolutely! Like I really, I love yeah. serial killer stuff, and yeah, this is cool. It's this idea, like this killer. You usually with serial killers, they will like give them like some level of you know of just like uh, uncontrollable, just insanity. But a lot of the time, they are like very cold, calculating this, this, this. We do this, this, this. This goes here, that goes there. In this, he is he is just basically all id almost he just fucking kind of goes when he wants mm-hmm. and it's and it's uh, yeah and yeah, so it's a serial killer against the mafia right which is interesting yeah all in try, yeah because, all yeah, yeah and, and it's got and it is like a it, it kind of does like eventually turn into a like the setup of it is it's, it's like a revenge movie or like one of those like action okay. movies where like we're like oh yeah so the mafia stole the mafia kidnapped his daughter or like kidnapped his wife or something and so now mm-hmm. fucking John Matrix is gonna come out of retirement for one last job <laughs> right yeah meanwhile this is this crazy murderer had his sex doll stolen by the mafia and now he's going to kill everybody <laughs> in the mafia that's cool taken my sex doll <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's awesome 
I'm going to check this out. Yeah. It, it, ah, shit. I should have talked about that. I forgot all about it. It was on my <laughs> list. I read that first volume. Of, sorry, Rob. I read that first volume of Doom Patrol. Great. Yeah, great stuff. It's really right. cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It, yeah. Shame it, it got canceled. It has a lot of stuff. No, no, it's delayed. It, did it get canceled now? I don't. No, it's just delayed. I, I don't. I don't fucking know. Uh, I hope not because of that, last that volume. That last issue. Yeah. Came, that last issue came out, and it's fucking Casey Brink or fuck whatever her name is driving the fucking space ambulance into fucking stars, and then yeah. just like, hey, yeah, fucking Doom Patrol's happening. I don't know. No, but like they, they, it just had so many things that connected to the old series as well, like little, like, like, like head nods to like the fans of that series, like, hey, guess what? Like we're doing, like you know what I mean. But it, it didn't feel the same, but it also brought back a lot of the same elements of the older series. I love, yeah, it. yeah, just it like really yeah, Robot Man, just not having any of that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I just, just wanted to quickly mention. No, that no, I, I, I don't get, I don't get, like I will, I will spend <laughs> as much time as you fucking want talking about Doom Patrol, motherfucker. <laughs> It was great. No, because because I I was waiting for the trade and you were kept talking about it and um and that's why I I just wanted to say I read it and I I loved it as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, just fucking weird rhombus space aliens just talking about fucking bullshit and their weird like galaxy conquering burger plan and then Cliff's just like oh, fuck this, yeah, punches one meat. of them in the fucking face. <laughs> They're just processing the meat. Yeah. <laughs> hey everybody I have a new uh, I have this new money making idea stick with me this brick I liked and the, the brick was the used to murder God who's a fucking yeah who's a fucking like chimera the thing that was really strange was the uh, not strange but I like the idea of it was that in had started a cult where she was going to put all her personalities into all the single, every single person that was in the cult yeah with the like, fucking like with the fucking like a <laughs> just like detonating a gene bomb again yeah, yeah, it's a grandma on it. <laughs> yeah, and then Cliff goes into her fucking mind. He's like, "Hey, Jane, how's it going? Listen, please don't." Yeah, wonderfully strange. It was so. Good. That's Doom Patrol, motherfuckers. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. He got the tone right. Absolutely. Yeah, good for him. Gerard Way, man, he is a surprisingly good writer. Yeah, very impressed. That's what I mean. I was very impressed when I read it. It's actually much better than I could have. I, I didn't even like expected it to be. Like it's yeah. much better. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but this plastic looks awesome. Yeah, plastic is really cool. Good. That is what we're reading then. On to news. First up, some news. Some news. So Wizard World are starting their own Hall of Fame. As anybody who fucking does convention shit is wants to do. Uh, they are going to be doing this uh, and will be, quote, honoring and respecting the legacy of comic arts through the Wizard World Hall of Legends, a new initiate, a new initiative to celebrate the artists, writers, and insiders who've built the industry and those continue yeah, and those continue the traditions. It started up last week at Wizard World Philly, and the first inaugural member is Rob Liefeld. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> That's kind of all I got to say about that. Just, hey, yeah, yeah, Rob Liefeld did some stuff, but most of the stuff that he did got remembered fondly after he left. Like, everybody's always like, oh, yeah, he created Deadpool. Deadpool didn't really get popular until, like, other people started writing him. 
Did you see that they released a new OGN drawn by him? Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, it was just released like a couple of weeks ago. Like Marvel released it. And it's drawn uh, fully by him and features Deadpool along with all of the, like a bunch of other characters like that he's known for God, back then. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sure. I think Cable and uh, Domino, you know, all those X-Force people. Yeah. <laughs> the ones you'd and, expect. Yeah. Well, Youngblood's back. Why not? Right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually the Deadpool book is actually written, I think, by the same guys that are doing the Youngblood book. Like he's hired these guys to, to uh, yeah, to do his th- his stuff lately. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. so. There you go. He's still he's still come on. I mean, you know, he's he's putting work out there, and he's probably more popular than he has been in a long time due to that Deadpool movie, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, as much as you know, you hate to think it. Apparently, he's a nice guy, though. As much as he apparently hate his work, <laughs> apparently he's a very well, nice. Yeah, guy. I mean, recent events have shown that you can't. You have to differentiate between a creator and their creation. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Like sometimes there's an, sometimes they're assholes like David Goyer. Other times they're just decent people making fucked up art. Yeah. Right. You got to do it on a place by place basis. Death of the author, mostly. Just like, just like, hey, anything I say, any any bachelor to say about you, unless you are Frank Miller, I'm only talking about your artwork. Right. Frank Miller, <laughs> I think, might actually be crazy. <laughs> might. Okay, probably see, is actually crazy. You can't, that's, but that's the reason why you can't completely do Death of the Author, because a lot of the times, the idiocentricities that inform right. yeah, you, crazy you, you can't do it fully. And, like right. death, death of the Author is the ideal. Yeah. Anywho, moving right along. So DC, uh, ahead of their release of the upcoming Justice League movie, uh, are going to be republishing a bunch of their rebirth launch titles for the characters who will be appearing in the movie. They are that all seems like a no brainer. Yeah, they are all being called uh, Justice League Essentials and are all being sold for a buck. Oh, that's, that's unless it's smart. in Canada, in which case it'll probably be like twenty five. Yeah. That's that's that yeah that's you know that's a must though yeah for sure that's smart of them. But here's the thing, some, I'm not yeah. sure what issue they're actually reprinting. Ah oh, okay. Well. Because because like all the all the titles are listed as character rebirth number one, but they say they're reprinting the first issue. Right. Okay. Which is not what. Oh yeah, because there was a rebirth issue. Yeah, there was the rebirth and the issue, and then the number issue. one issue. Yeah, that confusing fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's not a good starting point. Then they th- should be reprinting the rebirth issues. No, they shouldn't. Well, those were bad. The no, those were, were bad. Yeah, those were bad. But also it just it did. I guess it wasn't a new start, though. You're right. It just kind of went over everything that happened. Yeah. Like it wouldn't, wouldn't make a whole lot yeah. of sense. Like fucking pick, pick up that that's rebirth true. issue and then see some fucking bearded Superman talking to Lana Lang about how he died once. And he is here to fucking guard the ashes of him until he comes back to life. See, I didn't even know that happened in the rebirth. Issue. Yeah, that, that was that was a Superman rebirth yeah. issue. It was, it was Lana Lang <laughs> okay. breaking into Superman's grave to bury him in Kansas. Right. Yeah, it's Which is weird that all those rebirth issues felt like departures from the directions the book actually ended up going a lot right. of the time. Oh, yeah. Well, well, use that as an example. Uh, Superman's a great series now. Like, that is no indication of what that series became. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, like th- that rebirth <laughs> issue was the reason I didn't read it. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Which would have been a mistake yeah. because the 
the stuff with John Kent and Superman and it's Lois, that's all pretty great. Yeah, and yeah. the artwork's fucking great too. Like, like fucking, I think yeah, Patrick Gleason didn't do the artwork in fucking no in the re- no, in the rebirth issue. You're right. Yeah, I know. I think you're right about that. But they are list. So I, I'm pretty sure they are just. I'm pretty sure they are doing the um like the like the actual issue ones. Okay, like of a, just the characters that are in Justice League. Yes, I guess? It, yes, it is Batman, oh, okay. Superman, The Flash, Aquaman, Justice League, and Cyborg. Is Cyborg? Oh yeah, he is in the movie. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, I always think of him as For some fucking reason, for some fucking reason, Cyborg is in Justice League because they needed a black yeah. character in the Justice League. Right. John Stewart. No. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not. I see no problem with that. The Martian goddamned Manhunter. Yeah, just make him black. That's true. Yeah. Martian Martian Manhunter has been black since Smallville. I don't. I never watched any of those, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah up till okay. up till that point, fucking John Jones was usually portrayed in the comics as a white guy. Then they cast a black guy to play him in Smallville, and then from then on, it's kind of been like he's been black. Yeah, but I think I think part of the reason they don't do John Stewart or Martian Manhunter is kind of the same reason. Neither of them are hip enough, or both of them are kind of stodgy. Dude, Cyborg would Martian be hip enough Hunter, if they though. wrote motherfucking Teen Titan Cyborg. But they don't. Yeah, I they know. write some fucking they write some fucking generic yeah. asshole and slap cyborg shit on him. And that's why that's that's another reason I keep saying no, don't don't put cyborg in Justice League. He fits fine with the Teen Titans. Teen Titans, yeah. Justice no, League right. versus Teen Titans proved that. Yes, <laughs> yes. They literally released a movie where cyborg, well, who started well, out as a member well, of the look, goddamn Justice League, then left them to fit the Teen Titans because he fit better there. God damn it. <laughs> well, look at that. I read the entirety of the run. Uh, through the bad and good of that Justice League New 52 series. Cyborg was part of TV. No, that's some good stuff. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But, but, But look, Cyborg was part of that team the whole entire time. And even right now, I question what he was doing in the movie, and I still consider him a Teen Titan. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just doesn't work. It makes no sense. Yeah. And yet yet they're fucking like doggedly tied to this shit. It makes as much sense as as... Spider-Man Tony Stark. It makes as much sense as Damian Wayne uh, not being murdered. Bernie's just depressing me more now. Can we <laughs> anyway, Spider-Man anyway, Tony Stark? Yes, yeah, so anyway, uh they wait, um you might you might you might have noticed from that list I mentioned earlier that Wonder Woman was not on that. Wonder Woman had her rebirth issues already reprinted for Wonder Woman Day, as they are now calling right. it. Which makes perfect sense, and yeah. that was also probably one of the best of the rebirth series anyway. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway, then moving yeah, on. Sad that Greg Ruck is leaving. <laughs> yeah. So then, moving on to Final Piece news and the news that I am most excited slash worried about. Uh oh. Runaways is coming back, motherfuckers. Yes, I heard that. It's gonna have be they, bad, Dead Man. But have they announced a creative team for it? Yes, yet? they have. No. Oh, I didn't hear this. Okay. Yeah. yeah so fine. Chris Anka will be on art. Uh, Chris Anka has been yes. um, the one drawing the um, like little teaser things that they've good. been showing up till now, and He's it's being good. drawn okay. by Rainbow Rowell. Wait, Chris Anka's writing it? Nope. Chris Anka's drawing it. And it's written by the Rowell guy? Yep. Rainbow Rowell. Who's that? Uh, Rainbow Rowell is an American author of young adult and adult contemporary novels. Oh, okay. Her young adult novels, Eleanor Park, 2013, Fangirl, 2013, and Carry On, 2015, have been subjects of critical acclaim. She's a novelist starting to write a comic. 
Sometimes that works. Yeah. Okay. Also, for some fucking reason, I I don't know why, but uh, in this fucking article on Bleeding Cool, they include a link to a tweet that just says, Runaways would be the perfect title for a woman of color to write, but fuck it. Because, yeah. What? Yeah, Runaways is a team that... What? Yeah. What? That's a, that's a weird comment, too. Why? What? <laughs> what? Fuck. Fuck you, person. Hmm. But it might be good. Yeah. Here's hoping. I mean, she, hoping. I mean, when, when talking about her in fucking, when talking about the fucking characters in interviews, I'm, I'm going to read this fucking quote right here. When you go to see a Star Wars movie, you're not going, you're not going to want them to totally shift everything up and give you a whole new universe. You want the Star Wars universe you love and the great stories inside of it. That's how I feel about Runaways. I don't need to do anything than I don't. I don't need to do anything to them other than telling great stories with them. All right. So there doesn't seem. I mean, to, so doesn't seem to, good. So there doesn't seem to be, at least from the outside, a big revamp of like, oh yeah, we're fucking changing the dynamic and shit. It's just hey. Remember when Runaways got fucking stopped in a Teen Titans ass ending? Let's see what happens. I have, I have one question for you. Yes. Um, is there? Is there? Are you looking at an image? Like, have they shown a cover image or anything? Oh uh, yes, they have. Is is Alex Wilder there? Or is nope. he still a bad guy? Uh, Alex on, on Alex Wilder is currently being eaten by a demon inside of a box. No, I know. I read the end of Power uh, Man and Iron Fist, which he was. Yeah. In, also, Alex hasn't been a part of the team since he died. That's true, but like I just didn't know if there was any talk about him returning. Uh, to nope, the title, it is okay. it is Nico Minoru, Chase Stein, uh, Carolina Dean, Molly Hayes, and Old Lace. Okay, and based on everything they've been talking, yeah, and based on everything they've been talking about, Gert's coming back, bitches. All right, I'm I'm gonna read it because Gert, for those who don't it. know, is dead. She got stabbed to death. But comic book death. Uh yeah, she yeah she died. She oddly enough, her dinosaur came back to life before she did. Because mm. there was a point no, where he, she's not. Ahead, she's Bertie. not Marvel. She'll come back. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I was just trying to say she's not. She's not the original Captain Marvel. She'll come back. Yeah. So she's coming back. Uh, the cover image is like the three of the like the four. I guess. Well, I guess five counting. Uh counting old lace, the five of them lined up with kind of Gert just over their heads in like some silhouette or like opacity drop thing in the background. And, and yeah, uh, they, th- there was another interview that I think rainbow Rowell did talking about, um, how she, she felt the need to keep Gert fat, which I didn't feel like need to be said. Right. Who's the guy that was in that Vision comic recently? Um, uh, Victor Mancha. Is he in it? Uh, doesn't say. Okay. Also, no mention of Zavin or Clara Plast. I'm not familiar with that. that. Zavin. Uh, yeah, that? Yeah. Zavin is Carolina Dean's husband slash wife. Okay. Yeah, I didn't is, read yeah, Carol- all the yeah, series. Yeah, Zavin's a. I think I just read the Vaughn stuff. Zavin is a scroll who was um like like a Carolina's pe- people have been fighting the scroll for a while, and the two of them are supposed to get married to you know form a truce, 
And then that's kind of when she came out to everybody's like, hey, I'm gay. And Zavin's like, bitch, I'm a shapeshifter and turned to a hot lady. So they went to space for a while, came back. They stayed together for a while. And then and then people came to arrest Carolina for her parents. And then Zavin's like, I'll go. And then we never saw Zavin again. I'm looking at it right now. Now I recall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, Clara Plast is, for, is, I think she was created by Joss Whedon when he was writing the book. Right. And she's, and she's like a 10 year old who can control plants. And she was somebody's wife in this, in 1900s where she was got like just horribly raped. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't read any of the Whedon stuff. I only read the Brian K. Vaughn. It was, pr- it was a Whedon thing. Everybody died. <laughs> the ground just opened up at the end and ate everybody. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, like fucking. Yeah. That, that was also kind of where they began, like really pushing the uh, the chase and uh, Nico stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a point. I think at the end of all that, where uh, Chase kind of went, like Chase kind of like went back in time and watched, essentially stalked Gert her entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I fucking watched her grow up and shit. It was fucking magical. Hey, come here, lady. Make out. Well, here's hoping that the book's good, because I'm sure we'll be talking about it. I I want this to be good. Yeah. The, the history, though, the fucking my mind has been my mind has. I, I'm, I'm basically looking at this the I same way. I'm basically looking at this the same way I looked at that Wonder Woman movie. Just every time I'll see anything about it, it will just like begin like repeating in my head for the entire day. Please be good. 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 Right. Hey, Wonder Woman turned out pretty good. So maybe this will turn out okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm scared. So when's this coming out? This September. Well, but but by that same token, Dead Man, I will continue to say it might be good, but Marvel editorial until it comes out so that I will not jinx it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And when's the show come out? Uh, the show comes out on Hulu. Is that 2018 or? Uh, let me check. Oh, on a ways. TV series coming out in 2018. Okay. All right. Well. Anka's good. I do like his art. And, yeah, uh, Anka. Yeah, I'm liking yeah. the I'm liking the character designs on him. They all seem older. I'm not sure how I feel about Carolina and Chase having the same hair. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look up an image. But Molly's yeah, fucking adorable. Right. With her weird dumb hats. Looking forward to seeing this art style where Molly just like punches somebody through a fucking church again. Oh, I like his character designs. I'm looking at it right now. Well, these are good character designs for them. I actually really like them. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I'd. He like made Nico look like really sexy too. Look at this. Yeah, I yeah I know. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen them all. Yeah, and they, they they all look like themselves, just older. Which is, I guess, given the passage of time, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I mean they're. I mean, yeah, they're like young adults now. Which well, except for Molly, who is, be, except for Molly, who's now right. like a middle school student, as opposed to an elementary school student the first time around. No, these are good character designs. Yeah, it looks like a more mature. 
Runaways, but still kind of looks. They, I mean, they look like they're the Runaways still. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like totally. They, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. This looks good. Yeah. So I guess we'll be seeing about that in September. All right. And that is going to do it for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with episode of the DestroProds.com Cockpit Podcast. And between now and then, shit's happening, I don't know. Yeah. Until then, I'm dead. I'm Birdie. I'm Nico. We will see you guys next time. Bye.